thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Inherently and historically opposed to secret societies. Yeah, we are. To secret oaths <laughs> and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. You knew the song was coming today, didn't you? <laughs> for expanding its sphere of influence. This is Band of Patriots singing Restore the Republic, people. When the founders signed the writ of independence from the Brits. It was revolution Now an enemy from within Would enslave us all again And deprive us of our rights in the Constitution Restore the Republic Wake up, it's time to understand Restore the Republic We're losing our freedom in the land Controlling everything From the daily news we read To the politicians And they're pulling our financial strings More powerful than kings It's a central bank elite Bringing our destruction Restore the republic Wake up, it's time to make a stand Restore the republic We are the people and we can Restore the republic Yeah, they will. So we the people must defeat them. That's right, people. Alright, so hey everybody. Okay, so thank you for giving me a moment there to do a couple of things that, you know, a real show would have five other people doing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so hey, we, uh, so today's election day, as you all know, and uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at uh, this morning that President Trump actually uh, gave uh, earlier. And, you know, it concerns voter fraud. Let's just be honest. Voter fraud is going to take place. We already know it. Uh, And if you don't believe me, I'll just tell you a really quick story about a friend of mine in Southern California who actually shared with me probably about a month ago during the election, which, you know, was between Trump and Hillary, Um, There was a whole bunch of precincts in Southern California that all of a sudden in the conservative area of California, they all went missing. Yeah. And my friend was one of those. And anyway, she actually told me to tell you, which I did. And uh, just wanted to let you know that. But, you know, let's not be stupid. Seriously. I'm going to tell you what my experience today was going voting. I got my sticker. I don't know if you can see it. I'm going to rip it off my shirt. Here it is, people. I voted. Yes, I did. (laughs) And I had to wait approximately, I don't know, 40 minutes or so, give or take, 
Um, from the time I got in line to the time I actually left, it was probably about an hour. I was at my 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 polling place here in Middle Tennessee, which is a largely red state, by the way. I should tell you, um, I was shocked. I, I honestly was shocked. I'm going to be honest. I was completely shocked at how many people were there. Um, I have been watching the early voting taking place for a long time. Maybe as I go to my exercise place and I, I gym, I, I play pickleball and stuff. What's that noise? Somebody calling you? Yeah, somebody's calling me. I'm a popular guy. <laughs> I was going to say, anyway. So, yeah, early voting has been taking place all over the place here. And so I actually went thinking, ah, yeah, people are telling me that this is going to be busy, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, busy is like 10 minutes to most people, right? Well, I actually waited about 40 minutes before I actually got to vote. And there was probably, I don't know, at least 50 people in line. Um, and I have to tell you that it was cool. I got emotional. I actually did. I I was I was like I got out of my car and I saw all these people and I was like, "Wow, this is America where I get to vote, where I have freedom as a woman." You know, and many years ago, you know, as a woman, I wouldn't have been able to vote, but fortunately that was voted in. Um, but, you know, honestly, I got totally emotional. How many, put a one if you guys got emotional when you voted. Just saying, because I totally did. I got teared up. I actually was just like, wow. And, you know, the other thing that was that was kind of cool was that everybody where I was um, was um, in a good mood. That's the weird thing. Everybody was in a good mood. Everybody. I don't care who it was. Uh, and I talked to some people from California that came from the very liberal parts of California, who I know were liberals. And I talked to, you know, you know, some elderly people. And for some reason, this one woman told me I need to stay out of trouble. I don't know what that's about. That seems to be a theme in my life. Stay out of trouble. I'm like, why did you say that? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I talked to a, a number of millennials. I actually had some millennials in front of me and behind me. Uh, and here I was, the 50-year-old middle-aged woman. And um, anyway, it was, it was just super cool. I was, I was really blessed. And there was probably, I'm not exaggerating, easily. So there was probably at least 50 people in, in line when I got there. And there was probably... Um, another 50 or 60 people. There's probably probably be about 150 people where I was at. And I live in a little city, okay? I mean, I live in Spring Hill, Tennessee, which is population around 40,000, if that. Okay, so I mean, a little city. And I went about, what was it, about 11, 10, 30, 11, 10, 30 in the morning thinking, oh, you know, everybody will be at work and, and all this stuff. But um, it was cool. <laughs> Randall's things. Anyway, so it was cool. Everybody was in a good mood. I didn't, I mean, I didn't talk to one person that was in a bad mood. Uh, people were talking about how, uh, how, you know, important it is to vote and they didn't really care. You know, like me, I don't really care what side you vote on. Vote. You have a right to vote. Do it. Just get out the vote. Get out the vote. Go do it. And, um, and I had to talk to this one guy who was telling me that, like, that they're expecting this super high turnout rate of 40% of, 40 of the population here in America. Now, I don't know about you, but that is actually really, really uh, low. 
percentage-wise for the whole country. I mean, if you if you think about it, and, and this is what I told them, I said, yeah, you know, okay, so let's, this, for sake of argument, 40% of the population in America votes. That means your vote's worth almost three votes. Almost, not quite. Just over, you know, you're voting for a couple people because the other 60% apathetic people, they, they don't want to vote. And it's like, do you realize the freedom that you have in America to vote? Do you? I mean, seriously, I don't care if you're left or right, middle or whatever, you should go vote. And I already know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys probably all voted. But um, but compared to other midterm elections where uh, voter turnout is like at 20%, this is a huge turnout. So and I'll tell you what, Tennessee has kind of been a bloodbath in the, in the, um, in the, um, you know, the, the election stuff. In fact, one of the guys was telling me he moved here from Florida and he was very conservative. He's 38 years old. He, he was telling me that he went down to Florida last month um, or last week, I think it was. And he was telling me that, that he was listening to Pandora and every single commercial was against Marshall Blackburn as he was listening to Pandora in Florida. And he was saying that he knows that, uh, that the reason you know, it was targeting Marsha was because of the fact that he's from Tennessee, which is largely a red state. So, uh, so, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting. I've met, I've met a lot of very interesting people, very few, there is becoming a, a influx of blue people, if you will, people from blue states here in Tennessee, because I know a lot of Californians, uh, but yeah, a lot of the Californians that are moving out of California because they're super smart <laughs> are moving because, hello, California is a socialist Nazi country, uh, you know, not country, state. But anyway, so, Randall, you want to say something? <laughs> I'm going to get your, your comments, too. Slightly. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, okay, whatever. I mean, we escaped, so. we Yeah, we did. Oh. Uh. You didn't yeah. vote yet. Randall didn't vote yet. Yeah, or, I did. Oh, you did? I did. I okay, what was your I didn't experience? get a sticker because they ran out of stickers. They so ran I, out of stickers? Yeah, so that's a good... Wow. It's a good sign. Okay, so how was it when you went? Because I went... We. This is like one of the only times Randall and I have gone separately. We usually I, go together. That's bad. I mean, I got to park at the building, so well, I kind of made my own parking spot. I parked in the grass. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. so... There was a little wedge that was big enough for my car. I don't think it's an actual official parking spot, but my little car was able to get in there. Um, and uh, But, yeah, it wasn't too long. I don't remember what time I showed up, but the line was out the door, not too far, maybe about um, 10 or 12 deep out the door. So it didn't take a terribly long time. And the ballot was small. Yeah, there's like four four people. Four races, yeah. Four races on our ballot. Thirty people running for governor. But... Yeah, all independent. It was kind of funny. I had to scroll through. It was like two whole pages. <laughs> all well, right, it's so... better than in California when there were over a hundred running for governor. Yeah. Wasn't there like two hundred people or something? Or well, hundreds. I, I think it was. It was hundreds of plural that were running for governor the, the year. Okay. That... Anyway. All right, so let me say hi to Stephen, Melanie, Diane, Tracy, Kim. I see you, Kim. Mia, Advar, Adam, and TG, and Ian. Nice to see you in here. Nice to see you, Ian. Glad you're back. 
um, and whoever else is out there that I'm not following, but you're in here. Thank you for coming in. All right, so let's look at this article, Trump warns of maximum criminal penalties for voter fraud in midterms. Uh, put a one if you think there's going to be voter fraud of any type. I think there will be. Uh, okay, so it says here, President Trump warned, warned on Monday that anyone caught committing voter fraud in Tuesday's midterm elections will be, quote, subject to the maximum criminal penalties allowed by law. Law enforcement has been strongly notified to watch closely for any illegal voting which may take place in Tuesday's election or early voting. The president said in a tweet one day before the, med the midterms. Real Donald Trump on Twitter said law enforcement has been strongly notified to watch closely for any illegal voting which may take place in Tuesday's election or early voting. Anyone caught will be subject to the maximum criminal penalties allowed by law. Thank you. And um, it says here, all levels of government and law enforcement are watching carefully for voter fraud, including during early voting. Cheat at your own peril. Violators will be subject to maximum penalties, both civil and criminal. Shortly after his election in 2016, he insisted that he would have, would have won the popular vote against Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton if millions of people had not voted illegally. And I would add, if a whole bunch of votes hadn't been discarded, illegally. Anyway, experts, however, said that illegal voting does not occur on a large scale. The White House launched the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity in May of 2017 to investigate Trump's unfounded claims. It was led by conservative Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach, uh, who is now GOP gubernatorial candidate in the state. Trump dissolved the controversial commission in January after several states refused to hand over voter information and it was unable to prove a large number of votes were cast illegally. Doesn't mean it didn't happen, though. And I can tell you one of the interesting differences between Tennessee and California is that in California, you can just walk up and vote. You don't have to prove who you are. You, can, you don't need to show a driver's license or any form of ID at all. In Tennessee, you need to show your license with your picture on it. And they actually look at it quite a while. <laughs> they look at it and then they initial things and you have to sign a pa two papers uh, and all that. So, uh, yeah, so that's interesting. So, okay, let's see what some of the comments are coming in because you guys are, you know, everybody. Okay, I'm going to scroll through these. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, if, if you can just show up and claim to be anybody and vote in their place, you know, then they show up later and to vote, it's like, so Melanie said her precinct is cheap. They didn't have any stickers. Steven uh, says the audit machine broke down where he is. Uh, Melanie says she was surprised at the turnout for a midterm. Kim, who is in Texas, said ours when at ours when we voted there were five of us. So that wow, that's I don't know how big the area are you are in Texas, but unknown writer guy says Florida might turn blue. Uh, Florida was already blue. Uh, Stephen Batten uh, said, I went to in, into elementary school. A person thought I was a rock star. Okay. Cali, Texas, and Florida. I don't know what that means. Do you have a red cap? I actually don't have a red cap. AE says, Trump supports working class folks and followers of Christ and continues to prove critics wrong. Yeah, he does. But hey, you know, the thing with Trump, though, is you never know when he's going to flip flop. And he's appointed some gay people, which I don't think is, is consistent with his platform. But all right. 
whole bunch of people think that voter fraud might happen. Voter suppression started months ago. There's only been 45 actual cases of voter fraud, says T.G. Barnes. I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway. Cheaters should permanently lose the right to vote, says Melanie. Uh, you have to have a driver's license in Texas, too, says, says Kim. Mia, who's in Ohio, said they scan our driver's license. They actually scan your driver's license in Ohio? I didn't know that. Um, and Stephen says he met a senator when he left. And um, Yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's um, now the politicking is also interesting because in Cal, I don't know what the rules are in every state, but, you know, I, I, I honestly don't think you should have any type of pol politicking outside any place, but... Any polling place. I don't think you should. I think that should I that should yeah, be it. You should be. I agree. You know, because it's it's irritating. If actually, you, if, you, <laughs> if you haven't made up your mind by the time you're walking into your polling place, then right. I don't know if I want you voting. Yeah, and then I also surveyed my text message followers here. I well, I asked you guys if you voted and got a number of responses from you guys. I want to share some of those. Um, Marianne said she already voted and what a blessing, a blessed privilege it is, which is true. Uh, Stephanie said she was on her way to get go vote. Mark said he voted two weeks ago in early election. Linda said she voted and let's see here. Coach Mo, uh, said, I think that her kid for the first time voted. Yep. Yep. Voted this morning with my son. His first time voting. So that's kind of cool. First time voters, it's kind of cool. Um, and, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I was in line, there was a woman behind me, and just striking up conversation, I said, you come here often? <laughs> she said, only when I have to. I said, have to? When you get to. Oh. This is a privilege. So, yeah. So. You patriot, you. Yeah. And Tracy voted in California. There you go. All right. Okay, speaking of that, uh, let's go ahead here. And I'm going to go ahead here and just share on air on my Facebook page. Um, and share some other news with you guys because this stuff is interesting. And then we have an interview with Larry Allison. Um that we did at the Prophecy Watchers Conference. Larry actually is a, he owns a radio station as well as some other stuff. Very, very interesting guy. I think you'll, you'll enjoy the interview with him that we did. I want to let you know that there's an article on WKTN.com titled, This Veterans Day, the BBB warns of scams that target military personnel. Um, I'm bringing this up because Veterans Day is literally right around the corner. I know a number of you in our audience are actually vets. Thank you for your service, as always. And if you're a member of a family member who is a vet, thank you also for your service and sacrifice to our country, because it is, actually. So, you guys, um, let me share with you this article. Uh, did I send this to you? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Um, Columbus, Ohio, approximately 1.3 million Americans are active duty service members, another 800,000 are in the reserves and nearly 20 million are military veterans. While these people have one obvious thing in common, there's one other prevalent similarity between them. These people and their loved ones are at a higher risk of being the targets of a scam. Do you guys know that? 
Uh, certain aspects of a service member's job may make them more vulnerable to scams like they have a guaranteed and steady income that is attractive to scammers. They are frequently deployed and move around often, which makes staying on top of red flags and bills and credit reports more difficult. Service members are often young and may be financially inexperienced. Okay, so that's, those are some things. And then common military-related scams include military loans, too-good-to-be-true loans offered to members of the military or veterans such as no credit checks or all ranks approved with an upfront fee is an, a thing. Charity scams. There are fake charities that use similar names of well-known veterans' charities to try and fool donator, don, donators. Donators? Donors. It should say donor. Anyway, remember, scammers can easily create websites and accounts similar to credible charities. And I'm going to share with you something in a minute, too. Identity theft, someone posing as the Veterans Administration, the VA, under the guise of asking veterans to update credit card, bank, or other financial records with the VA to steal your personal info. Uh, someone posing as government contractors, recruiting veterans, and then asking for a copy of the job applicant's passport which can lead to identity theft, wiring money, using social networks or dating services to get victims to wire money to help what they are led to believe is a deployed service member. I have seen so many of those. Phishing emails that target military spouses. Um, and it says here, the Better Business Bureau recommends the following tips for military, their families, and veterans. Be leery of a too-good-to-be-true offers, whether it's for a vehicle, a loan, or housing. Don't give out your personal or financial information over the phone or by email to someone you don't know in a dialogue you did not initiate. That's so important. For anyone considering giving to a charity solicitation, always make sure to do your homework first. Research the organization at give.org where there are more than 11,000 charity reports from the U.S. and Canada. If you're on active duty... The Better Business Bureau recommends that you put an active duty alert on your credit report to limit the risk of identity theft. So if you are on active duty, that's a good idea. Um, and also, too, here's the other thing you guys can do in case you didn't know. If you're a veteran, you can also go down to the to the DMV. You might want to check in your state. I'm not sure if all states do this, but I would think they do. Uh, you can go down to the DMV and you can actually... Um, yeah, you can actually um, have them put a veteran on your actual license as well, just so you get discounts that way, too. Um, I learned that from a veteran friend of mine, actually. And, of course, if you've been affected by a scam, then report it to the Better Business Bureau scam tracker to warn others. All right, so that's just some tips for some veterans there. And just want to let you guys know that. Also, I want to let you know, too... Um, uh, I'm hearing a loud buzz in my ear, so I'm a little bit distracted. I've been, you guys, I've been having this very weird ear issue going on for a couple of weeks now. Like this ringing in my ear, it comes and goes, and sometimes it's really noticeable, and other times it's like, I can't hear it at all. All of a sudden, it just came back. It's like, kind of irritating. Pun intended, it's super irritating. Uh, okay, so, what was I saying? talking about that oh that's what it was I was listening to a podcast earlier of a guy who um, was like one of the biggest and original internet scammers in the world this guy ended up working for the government um, 
on the government side to help bust cyber cyber criminals. This guy got, he was like arrested in 2004. And anyway, long story short, he actually said that in this podcast I listened to that one in four kids are the victims of identity theft. Um, And he said one of the number one things that you guys can do is get, use a password manager. Always change your passwords, of course, but most people don't do that. In fact, he was saying about 80% of people use the same password on a whole bunch of different things, and you're guilty if you do it. But he said that one of the best things that you can do is get uh, use a password manager. And I was like, that's very cool. He And he was all for identity theft protection. And I'm only bringing this up because with ID Shield, there is ID Shield Vault that we include in the ID Shield for you. Um, for your $9.95 a month service. I mean, it's $9.95 a month. Unless you're in Canada, then you get a really good deal. (laughs) But if you're in America, it's $9.95 a month for identity theft protection. And that includes um, ID Shield Vault, which this guy, who is the guy I would listen to, actually says that's the number one thing that you can do is use a password manager. Uh, So that's just something to think about. And and, um, you know, I just want to remind you, if, you, if you're interested in getting ID, identity theft protection or learn more about Legal Shield, let me know. Love to have you uh, set up a time with me and talk. And also, I found this other article, Credit Card Chips Failed to Halt Fraud Surveys, uh, Survey Says. Now, this is over on Fortune.com. And I thought this was interesting because... The whole reason they put chips in credit cards is supposedly to help protect us, right? And yet, here's the survey. Uh, It says this, new chip-enabled credit cards, which were rolled out to U.S. consumers starting in 2015, were supposed to put an end to rampant credit card fraud. So much for that. Uh, A new report from the research firm Gemini Advisory has found that of more than 60 million cases of credit card theft in the last 12 months, a whopping 93% of the stolen cards had the new chip technology. This represents a major setback for the technology known as the EMV standard, which is named after the companies Europay, MasterCard, and Visa that created it. Uh, 45.8 million records were likely compromised through card sniffing and point of sales breaches of businesses such as Saks, Lord & Taylor, Jason's Deli, Cheddar's Scratch Ch- Kitchen, Forever 21, and Whole Foods. To break it down even further, 90% or 41.6 million of those records were EMV chipped enabled states the report. So I just want, I just thought I'd bring that to your attention in the event that... Um, that you're under the impression that if your credit card has a chip, it's safer than normal. Because it's not, just so you know. Okay. All right. I think now is a good time to share with you the interview that we did at the Prophecy Watchers Conference. This is uh, Larry Allison is the young man that I was with uh, doing the interview. And I hope you guys enjoy the the thing. I actually haven't heard this. I can't even remember what we talked about. But I'm waiting for Bearface to get it up there and get ready for it. Is it ready? Yep. Okay, I see a black screen. Wow. All right. So without further ado, here's Larry Allison and me at the recent Prophecy Watchers conference that we went to a couple weeks ago in Norman, Oklahoma. 
Right. Hey everybody, it's me again. Thank you for watching this special clip here on Bible News Radio. We are actually in Norman, Oklahoma doing these top secret interviews that only people that watch the show will know about. <laughs> and today we actually have a we have a brand new person who's never been on my show before. That's why I came because I want to introduce you to some new people, quality people, people who are biblical, not some of those other weirdos out there that you all flip through the channels and you watch. And um, this is really an honor for me, actually, Dr. Larry Allison. It's good to be here. It's nice to meet you. And um, tell me, okay, you told me last night that you're on a radio station and stuff. Well, we have a network at Spirit. Up here. I've heard of that. Uh, a little over 20 stations, power stations in Missouri. And uh, we just do the same thing that you do. We, we just teach the word as much as possible and uh, take it to the listeners. Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been doing that? Well, we've uh, we started out started out as KCVO, Christian Voice of the Ozarks. Oh, I've heard uh, that too. A little over 30 years ago. Absolutely. Oh. I was just a kid. Yeah. You were just a child. I was just a child. <laughs> Okay, so you guys, like, uh, you have all of these great resources. I'm always trying to get good resources in the hands of people. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about this? Well, one of my hobbies is that I'm an author, and uh, we have uh, quite a few books on different subjects. Uh, this book is my newest book. Out. It's called Finding Hope When Things Look Hopeless. A lot of hopeless people on the earth right now. People giving up suicides are at an all-time high. In fact, it hasn't been very long ago. One of the uh, world-famous comedians who had uh, over $30 million in the bank and several estates took his life because he felt like everything was hopeless. But there's hope in the Lord. There is. And uh, so this book tells you all about how to turn from hopelessness to hope. And then this book over here is our one of our more popular ones right now. It's the Paradise of God. And in fact, uh, here at the conference, we're doing a seminar on this. And uh, then Life is in the Blood. This is a textbook at Life Christian University for one of their courses out of Tampa, Florida. And then we have several other books on the Holy Spirit and Breaking the Cycle of Offense. Oh, you know, Jesus said one of the signs of the end times was that people would become offended. Now, I don't know if you've watched the news lately or not. I try not to. Oh, me too. But there's a lot of offended people. So um, it was a great prophecy that Jesus said. He said in the end of days, people would become offended and they'll hate each other. They become lovers of themselves, and uh, that's what this book is about. So, how old is it? Because I know about the Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Mm -hmm. This is very similar. Very John's, uh, I've had him at our conferences, but uh, it, it's very similar to that. Um, his book was a great book, and uh, this book is one of my, my best selling books. And then you got this book. Oh, yeah. Well, we have a devotional. We have several ministries that uh, we have. Uh, I pastor a church in Osage Beach. Uh, I have a uh, prison ministry, Bibles Behind Bars. We, uh, we furnish thousands of Bibles to uh, prison chaplains every year, completely free to give away. And we have a daily devotional, a cutting-edge daily devotional. It's been out for about 20 years. And this is... Uh, about 500 pages of some of the more popular devotionals. Uh, so that's what this is. Practical Handbook for Christian Living. Got a little index in the front. So 
You know, you can look up devotionals on certain subjects, for example, abuse. But then there's different kinds of abuse. There's verbal abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. I tell you I'm a retired marriage counselor. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I am. You've dealt with a lot of abuse. Oh yeah, there's, there's, yeah, I did like therapy with people for like, like 15 years. Oh my goodness. I quit. So depressing. Well, I, I used to I used to work as a male nurse in a psychiatric ward when I was younger. Really? Oh, yeah, well, then you got, you kind of get it. Well, they kept getting me confused with the patients, and so <laughs> yeah, I get it. I had a, I had a friend. I have a friend who is in the field. That's all I'll say. She called me up recently. She goes, I just got done seeing clients, and they're all through divorce, and people suck. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said. What did you expect? This is your field. You're supposed to be like helping people anyway. Well, you know, the American Medical Association says one out of every three people has got, in the United States, has got a mental illness. So, well, there's you and me and the cameraman, so if we both look okay, then you're in trouble. (laughs) Exactly. All right, so... What about, okay, so where can they find you, though? I mean, you're on the radio, but, like, what's your, do you, what's your website? Well, uh, the website is uh, www.faithman. Faithman? Faithman.org. <laughs> and uh, you can get all of these books at... Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, all, I all of a sudden want to go, da 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 Faithman. <laughs> Yeah, I do that from time to time. I don't know why that just popped into my mind, but it did. Well, it's it's a mental thing. (laughs) And I've been told that all my neural pathways don't run down the right path. But all of these books are available on Amazon, of course, and they're all available in Kindle, and most of them are available at Walmart and Barnes and Noble and Target and all those places. But if they get them from you, you, you make more money, right? You well, should. you would think that I would, you know, but uh, I, I'm not really sure that authors really make as much no. money as everybody thinks that they, they do. They don't. They don't. But it would be nice if they did. So this book, though, Life, in, Life is in the Blood, is yes. this about the atonement? Yes, it is. Okay. It's, it's about uh, the blood of Jesus. And it's it's very, very interesting about uh, the blood of Jesus. There's a lot of different things concerning that in the Bible that uh, you hardly ever hear talked about. <laughs> yeah. So what is it that got you into being able to, like, I mean, how did you get your start? You know, because the journey, the beginning is really interesting. A lot of people think, oh, you know, they'll look at you and you're, in your maturity and go, oh, you, you've always had these. Thank but. you for using that word, mature. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the reality is, from an early age, I knew I was called to something. At the age of, I got saved at the age of seven. I went to a uh, vacation Bible school, and the minister lined all of us kids up, and he preached about he preached about hell. In fact, he preached as though he had just gotten back. It was scary, and so I received Jesus that day. But uh, when I was a teenager, I'm like most teenagers, I. I, uh, you know, I joined rock and roll bands and, and uh, did everything else. I'm kind of a little bit holy on Sunday morning, but a holy terror on Saturday night. 
But um, I went to Southwest Baptist University, and uh, I've been in the business world. I've been vice president of bank holding companies and uh, on the board of several national ministries. And, and uh, in the marine business, you know, these offshore racing boats, our, my family uh, owned the factory that built those. And we had several... And we have several marine dealerships. In fact, my mother is in her 90s, and she still goes to work every day, and she sells these high-performance offshore power boats, like what you see on Miami Vice. Really? In fact, she got the Boat Salesman of the Year of the Decade Award from uh, Powerboat Magazine. Cool. And uh, she goes deer hunting every year with a rifle. Really? It's the biggest one in the county. And with a bow. And if we go over to have Thanksgiving dinner, we have to watch for the buckshot. She kills her own half. At her, 90. At 90. You're not making this up. No, I'm not. Wow, that's cool. She's she's at work right now. We should call her up. Oh, yes. she's Get she's her on my show. And she's a preacher. I don't oh, doubt that. Yeah. She loves the Lord. So I kind of grew up in a, in a Christian family and uh, started a church about 25 years ago. Actually, I started a Bible study that just got out of hand and I couldn't get it stopped. And so now we have, we have about 60 acres on the Lake of the Ozarks and uh, a lighthouse. In fact, that's, I think that's a picture of our lighthouse there that overlooks the lake. The lighthouse right there. And it's, a, it's actually a prayer tower with three floors of, of prayer tower in it. Very cool. So, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. All right. You're the senior pastor of Walk on the Water Faith Church. Walk on the Water Faith Church. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. <laughs> we issue life jackets to all the visitors. The, uh, actually, we, if I didn't see this in print, I would be like, you're making this no, up. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's Walk on the Water Faith Church. In fact, we abbreviated Walk on the Water to WOW. It's just called WOW Faith Church. So we go to WOW Church. Well, my pastor's name is J.C. Kristen. Do I get That's points good. for is that? Is he a Christian? He is. J.C. Kristen. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. J.C. is his actual name. It's not initials. It's actually his name. J.C. You would love him. He's a biker. Yes, we we have. Uh, in fact, we're going to be having a bike show at our ministry. Antique bike show. We do a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Sounds like you have a lot of fun, too. I do. I try to have fun. You know, life's too short not to have fun. Yes, that's true. Well, here's the deal about the ministry. If you're not having fun in the ministry, you're not doing it right. That's what I've heard. You hear that? Yeah, you If you're have. not having fun, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Well, okay, so faithman.org? Faithman.org. We have okay. a bookstore on the internet called the Lighthouse Bookstore. It's one of the largest internet bookstores, Christian bookstores anywhere. Good. And uh, almost all of the product that you see here at the conference, all 32 speakers, we have right. We have almost all of their product in our bookstore. <laughs> that's very cool to see. Okay, so that's the thing. So you learned about entrepreneurship. You learned about grandmothers who kill stuff. <laughs> you know, you learned about all of this great stuff. And that's what you learned today on the show. Hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. You know what? It's it's really nice to meet you. Now, our bookstore has a different address. It's called wowbooks.org. Wowbooks.org. Wowbooks. Wow. Wow. Books. Books. Dot org. And it's right next to wow. 
Faith Church. That makes sense. Yep. Do you stream your, your show? All of our services are streamed and uh, broadcast. And, uh, I'm going to listen to you now. We're on uh, a few different stations around the country. I'm going to send you emails and harass you afterwards. My email address is... <laughs> going to give it to me now. Sure. It's Larry. Larry. At... At... Allison, my last name, uh-huh. O-L-L-I-S-O-N dot org. That makes sense. So just anybody can send me an email anytime you want. I can't guarantee I can get them all answered, but I'll do my best. Mm. Oh, you got the card? Okay. Do you want to ask anything? Sure? Positive? Okay. All right, everybody. This is Larry. Yeah, he is. This is Larry saying, live long and prosper. <laughs> I can't do it very well. There we go. All right, well, you know, that's Mr. Spock. Okay, there you go. Wow. Yeah, that was that was Larry Olson. He is a he was one of my favorite people that I got to meet this year at the Prophecy Watchers Conference. So, you know, if you guys like Christian radio, he owns some of those stations and he's got all the books and stuff. You can go over to his website, faithman.org. And then all these other websites he mentioned as well. But if you go to faithman.org, which, by the way, I couldn't help it. Did you? Were you going to say something? I was going to say, if you go to faithman.org, you can get the... Everything uh, else. You can get to the rest of them from there. There's links to all the others. Yeah. Yeah, he was fun. I really I really enjoyed him. And, you know, his book, um, he was talking about the, the, the one about offense. Offense. You know, talking about being offended. Uh, you know, breaking, breaking the cycle of offense, offense, not offense. If you say offense, it's like a fence, you know, like you fit like a fence around the yard or something like that. But you say offense, breaking the cycle of offense, offense, then it's technically more proper. Yes. As you know. And less, less ambiguous. Yeah. Offense. Okay. So before I forget, tomorrow I have a guest. Her name is Nanette. And her last name is Kirsch. And the name of the book that we're going to be talking about tomorrow is called Denial. Abuse, Addiction, and a Life Derailed. And it's based on a true story by a guy named David Wagner, who's a millionaire, entrepreneur, family man, and undeniably the funniest guy in the room. But beneath that outer shell is a man struggling to reconcile secrets from the past, secrets that undermine his belief in himself and lead him down a dark, dangerous path towards self-destruction. In fact, uh, this is based on a true story of one of the 1,000-plus victims in the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report uh, that that came out uh, not too long ago. So we're going to be talking to Nanette about this story and just kind of raise the awareness of the prevalence of sexual abuse and other types of abuse and, you know, the impact of that, but also how one person can actually make a difference and how you can make a difference if you've been abused in any type of way. Um, so I hope if you know somebody in recovery or you know somebody who needs to be in recovery or you know somebody who's been abused and they need some help, that you make sure you t- tune in tomorrow for our show because you're going to, you will definitely um, learn something. All right. And also, 
Don't forget, Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. Don't forget, you can go over to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com, get the free Messianic Bible study uh, this month on Satanology. All you got to do is just click that and join the email list. If you're already on my email list, I think we already uh, have sent that out. But if not, I will be sending another email soon and you'll be able to check that out. And don't forget also you can you can learn about Ariel courses, Ariel's uh, online Bible courses. You can take those by going over to ariellcourses.com, A-R-I-E-L courses.com. Go there. And of course, as always, you can use the coupon code Bible News, B-I-B-L-E-N-E-W-S, to save 20% on anything on the Ariel.org website. And certainly not least or last, but certainly not last, but least or something. Uh, I want to remind you also, I do have, I think it is only for the Israel Fearless Prayer thing. I only have two more of these left uh, as the package, but you can get them individually. Actually, you can only get this one individually because I only have two more of these left. So if you're interested in getting this Israel prayer package, it's $15. Just donate that at our website. That includes shipping. And um, let me know, okay? I already I sent out the other ones today. And so if anybody else wants the last two, there you go. And also, one last thing, Michael Heiser is going to be our guest Thursday. We're going to be talking about his book, Angels, here. Uh, what the Bible really says about God's heavenly host. I got three of these available for $12, donation of $12 to, to the show. And he's going to be actually on on video with us talking about this book. It's going to be really good. So I hope you can you can actually join us for that interview. It's going to be super good. Yours, yours came today? Yeah, see, that was pretty fast. We're on the East Coast. Yeah, we are. Okay, so that is that. And... Hi, Van, Van Dahl, and thank you for the super hearts, you who came in, just so you know, I appreciate it. Um, so the other thing I wanted to uh, share with you, I actually just got this article from Jeremy, who is one of our friends. Uh, he says here, uh, LifeSite News, and I, I know you didn't, you didn't see this, but this was just published yesterday, and it's titled, The United Nations Wants a One World Government in Less Than 12 Years. Yeah, they do. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, it says here, in the 1960s, an informed but naive undergraduate, or, yeah, I was walking across the campus of the University of Pennsylvania with the chairman of the chemistry department, Professor Charles C. Price. He told me that he was president of the United World Federalists and asked if I knew uh, what that organization was. When I said that I did not, he replied that they believed in a one-world government that would grow out of the United Nations. I was nonplussed as I had never heard of anyone suggest that idea before. To me, the United Nations was a benevolent organization dedicated to pressuring the world community in the direction of peace and operating charitable programs to help the struggling, impoverished peoples of the world. I imagine the UN as a kind of united way on a worldwide scale. But is it people? Is the United Nations really that? No. And then it says here, how would Professor Price's vision of a new world government emerge? Although there was a socialistic thread in its founding document, the United Nations was formed based on a vision of human rights, 
presented in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which placed the concept of rights at the forefront for the progress of the world body. And rights are the mainstay for uplifting human freedom and the dignity of the individual. The UDHR document followed many amazing documents that presented rights as the central concept of the post-feudal world. The English Declaration or Bill of Rights of 1689, the U.S. Declaration of Independence with its important and forceful assertion of inalienable uh, natural rights, the powerful U.S. Bill of Rights enacted in 1791, and the French Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen 1789. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the U.N. is... Uh, very bad. And actually, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, I will say this, that there are some people who are calling for, for Donald Trump to pull America out of the UN. Um, and hopefully he, he will. <laughs> Why not? He, he just keeps ticking off the rest of the world. Why not pull America out of the UN? Uh, but anyway, so just bring this up because, you know, I just thought I'd let you know that it is very interesting to to see interesting parts of what I think comes to um, deal with the uh, Bible prophecy, knowing that Bible prophecy has to be fulfilled. There's going to be a one world government, you guys. The, the Bible predicts that. So it has to happen somehow. And the new world order is definitely... Um, you know, in play. And I believe there are puppet masters behind the scenes doing that too. So, um, yeah, I am really, my ears really got this high-pitched sound in it right now. Guys, it's so distracting. Uh, yeah, it is. It's really distracting. In fact, you guys should be praying. Pray for my ear. Pray for my mind because it's driving me crazy. I really, it really is. It's, I've been telling Randall for about two weeks now. I have been waking up with uh, this ringing in my ear, and then it'll go away. And I'm like, okay, where's this come from? Because it doesn't feel like it's in my ear, yeah. but then it's gone. Well, and, up until this morning, you thought it was something external. Well, so. I, th I think it is. I think, I think that, in part, it's the washer and dryer, but then not other times... It's not operating now. Yeah, I know. Right now it's not, but this high pitch sound... Is there. But it's weird. I don't hear it anywhere else. Like when I go outside of here, I'm in other buildings and I'm not in this house. I don't hear it. So it's very strange. Any of you guys have any idea what this could be besides me going crazy? Pressure in your ear? I don't know. It just feels... <clears throat> it's just a really high pitch in my ear. <laughs> A sot of vodka is the cure. Have your have have your blood pressure checked. Well, I actually did the other day, um, Natasha. I did. I went to a Walmart and I sat down. And I did my blood pressure there, and it was perfectly fine. It was completely normal. So I mean, that was like two days ago or something, and yeah, perfect. It was perfectly fine. I don't feel weird in other any other way. It's just this this weird thing. So. Well, if we could determine the precise frequency, mm. then we could make like a recording of it or have a... Annie's, Annie says wax, maybe. Yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then get it, you know, out of phase and then 180 degrees out of phase and then it would disappear. I don't know. Initially, entirely. initially, it it actually 
woke me up in the morning. I woke up and it was like I heard this like I can't explain it. It doesn't sound like ringing though. It sounds like a buzz. So I thought it was demonic at first. I thought, okay, maybe there's some weird demonic attack on my ear. <clears throat> but somebody else suggested it could be fluid in my ear because you know sometimes when that happens you get like the the high thingy but and I've always ever since I moved to Tennessee I've had fluid in my in my right ear in particular but this feels like it's in my left which is highly weird so anyway so you guys just pray for me if you don't mind because you know that would be awesome <laughs> all right Kelly I also see you over on Facebook all right so the other thing too I wanted to read you um are you two in different cities? No, we're actually in the same room, sitting across the table from one another. All right. Let's see. Whose who's camera? Yours or mine? Let's... Well, I well, My microphone's only reached my hand across the... Here we are, holding hands. Yes. Uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yep. Okay. You guys must be new to the show. I want to block that spam thingy. All right, let me read one Can't last remove. last article. Um, I want to I want to share with you. This is over from the New York Times. Yeah, it is. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I'm just want to bring this to your attention. Uh, Supreme Court to rule on the 40 foot war memorial cross at center of church state debate. Uh, if you've been following this for any length of time, this has been this seems like it's been in the news forever. Uh, it says here, the Supreme Court agreed on Friday to, de to decide whether a 40-foot cross on state property in suburban Maryland violates the First Amendment's ban on government establishment of religion. The case will give the court an opportunity to clarify its famously confused jurisprudence on government entanglement with religion. It will also allow the justices to continue a discussion about the meaning of crosses used in war memorials. What? I mean, really, why do we need to have this discussion, people? A hundred years ago, it was completely sane to have a cross in any type of memorial. What? Or what next? Are we going to, you know, debate like the Islamic symbol on, you know, things? I mean, come on, give me a, give me a break. Okay, anyway. All right, hold on a second. I'm going to block that bot. Uh, it says here, the cross at issue sits at a busy intersection in Bladensburg, Maryland, and commemorates 49 soldiers from Prince George's County who died in World War I. It was built in 1925 using contributions from local families and the American Legion. The state took over the monument and the land under it in 1961. Since then, the state has spent more than $117,000 to maintain and repair the memorial. Several area residents and the American Humanist Association sued to remove the cross in 2014, saying they were offended by what they said was its endorsement of Christianity. Last year, a divided three-judge panel of the United States Courts of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit in Richmond, Virginia, ruled that the cross sent an unconstitutional message of government approval of a particular religion breaching the wall between church and state. The full Fourth Circuit declined to rehear the case by an 8-6 to six vote. Some smart people. In urging the Supreme Court to hear the case, the American Legion and other supporters of the cross said the logic of the Fourth Circuit's decision could imperil hundreds of war memorials that use crosses to honor the fallen, including the 24-foot Canadian Cross of Sacrifice and the 13-foot uh, Argonne Cross, both in Arlington National Cemetery. 
No other court, their petition seeking review said, has gone so far as to hold that a long-standing historical war memorial that was built to be a war memorial and has only ever been a war memorial was unconstitutional merely because its private builders chose to use a cross to honor their fallen loved ones. A separate petition from state officials referring to the monument as the Peace Cross said the appeals court had committed a disturbing error. The Peace Cross has stood as a place of solemn commemoration and a source of civic unity for nearly a century, the petition said. By compelling its removal, destruction, or dismemberment, the panel's decision will necessitate an act of shocking disrespect for the brave souls of Prince George's counties who died fighting for their country in World War I, when America was more sane and truly tolerant, just so you know. In a briefing urging the justices to deny review, the challenger said the memorial honors only Christian veterans, not all of whom welcome the use of a cross in this context. The Fourth Circuit's decision, the brief said, not only advances religious liberty and equality for non-Christians, but also advances religious freedom for Christians, as many Christians believe the cross's sacred status is denigrated when the government co-ops it as a symbol of war. In the Supreme Court's last encounter with a war memorial in the form of a cross, the justices expressed varying views about the meaning of that symbol in a fractured decision that resolved very little. A Latin cross is not merely a reaffirmation of Christian beliefs, Justice Anthony M. Kennedy wrote in a plurality opinion in 2010 that was joined by Chief Justice John G. Robert, Robert rather, Jr. and Justice Samuel Alito, Jr. It, it evokes thousands of small crosses in foreign fields, marking the graves of Americans who fell in battles, battles whose tragedies would be compounded if the fallen are forgotten. Yeah, it's it's such a... It's such it's such disrespectful. Anyway, that's pretty much the article. And I just have to tell you that um do you really think that this would be a big huge issue if um if this was an Islamic symbol or it was um you know a pagan symbol or a broom that a witch is on? I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, it, it's it's because it's the cross and the cross is an offense to those who are perishing and yet to us who believe in the blood stained cross of Jesus that had his innocent blood poured out for us on that cross to forgive us of our sins it's life right it's life it's redemption it's the reason we get up in the morning is to share that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what I mean? And that's the truth, right? And that, frankly, is a big reason why today, the election today is very important because on the one hand, you have people who are trying to uphold the Christian heritage of our country and to protect the sanctity of human life, to protect marriage, to protect our right to bear arms, to have guns, you know, so that we can not become a socialist country. And anybody who has come here, this is the thing. Uh, I have former guests, a number of them, um, and I'm thinking of Virginia Prodan in particular, who come to America from these communist and socialist countries where they've been persecuted for their faith. And they warn us and they say, hey, you know what, you guys, you guys have no idea how good you have it, right? And they, the outsiders that come in, they can see the socialist Marxist propaganda 
uh, primarily from the Democratic Party that's coming in that people are voting for, right? And they're trying to warn people, don't do it. <laughs> do not do it because you will regret it. You know, free health care is, you know, why sell your soul for free health care? You know, know what I mean? Just talk to anybody in, in a socialist country and they will tell you um, maybe there are some short-term benefits, but in the long run, not so much. Just so you know, Trump, guns, Jesus, and the American flag, says Bob. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> hey, I don't worship Trump, but he's way better than the alternative was. And I and and at least for the time being, you know, as long as he supports Israel and, and he uh, continues his best to do what he can. I mean, he's put some good people, you know, in his cabinet. I actually know a couple of them. Um, you know, we're good. We're good. And I actually predict, and this is just me. But I actually predict tonight's going to go red, I think. And I think the liberal media is going to probably be so upset that they'll need some depends because, you know, they're going to be crying like babies, you know, just saying. Because I think that I think that most people, at least those who are educated and informed by other things than the liberal media propaganda machine, are going to be out there and they're trying to defend and, and uphold the country. That's my that's what I think. I actually have a lot of hope on that. Yeah, so John says we, we got free health care, but we also have a lot of taxes. And John's in Canada, so he knows. He's in a, you know, they're, they're socialist, socialism health care. Socialist health care, is that what it is? Um, anyway, so there you have it, people. Okay, so tomorrow we got a great interview with somebody talking about the book. It's called denialbook.com. You can go there, check it out. D-E-N-I-A-L book.com, denial book. Uh, and we're going to have an interview and, um, uh, and all that. Pray for my ear. <laughs> my back is good. Now it's my ear, people. <laughs> and, uh, I hope, hopefully we'll be here tomorrow to, uh, report some good news. Uh, if not, maybe I'll do a special little broadcast and, you know, weigh in on whatever it is that I can weigh in on if anybody's interested. So don't forget, you can join my text message list here by texting me the term Bible news to 33222. And also, in the event you're in another country like Canada, uh, you also can join me on Marco Polo. If you have a phone number, you can download the Marco Polo app. You can download that, connect it to me. And we can also communicate that way and it won't cost any money, just in case you didn't know that. All right. All right. All right, everybody. Remember, be bold, stand up, go with God because he loves you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night.